Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Putting STEM into the classroom. Hi there, and welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. My name is Chris Woods, and thank you for joining us today. And as always, trying to come up with some ways that you can add STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math into your everyday classroom. And it doesn't matter what grade or what age um, or what subject you teach. Uh, there are ways that you can add uh, those things effectively into your classroom. And today we have a great opportunity to be able to talk with Tina Cardone. Welcome, Tina. Hi, thanks. And uh, Tina is a math teacher from Massachusetts, and she's written a a book that I think is really going to be of interest to um, to a lot of, especially elementary and middle school teachers, and um, probably some high school teachers as well. And and just to warn you, uh, some of the topics of the book might uh, might make some of you math teachers uh, a little uh, uneasy, I guess you could say. <laughs> so tell us a little bit, Tina, about how you decided to to write a book. So I was talking to the math teachers in my high school math math department about things that were frustrating us that were coming up from middle school or not even necessarily from the middle school, but just the middle school students were arriving with them. Sometimes it's tutors and parents and things that do these things and that there were tricks that they had learned somewhere and they really didn't understand the concepts. So kids could yell out Y equals MX plus B or rise over run for slope, but they had after absolutely no idea what slope really was or how to find it on a graph or what it meant for something to be linear. And so we started brainstorming that list and then I put it in a Google Doc, posted it out to my internet buddies and it got a big response and I was not really expecting a lot of feedback from it. And so then when it turned into this really big Google Doc filled with a lot of resources, a lot of people were asking for an easy way to share it with their colleagues. So I ended up Typing it up, making it look a little prettier, and it became a book. Oh, that's pretty. It's pretty amazing. I mean, you just all you're doing is, as a math teacher, you're trying to trying to brainstorm some ideas, and what do you know? The next thing, you're you're an author. Yes, <laughs> it was crazy. Now, now your book is is titled "Nix the Tricks." Yes, and they can find that at nixthetricks.com, and you can get it for free. Yes, it is free. There is a free download for both ebook and regular eight and a half by eleven paper. And and French too. Yes, the French one just came out. I'm very excited about that. I was amazed Someone when I saw that. Who lives in Canada just emailed me and was like, May I translate it into French? I was like, Yes, yes you may. <laughs> that would be awesome. And 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 if it's easier um, for some people, you can even uh, purchase a paper copy off of Amazon, right? That's actually a pretty interesting process, how you can make a book be able to be a paper book really pretty easy. Right. So through CreateSpace, I was able to just send them the PDF and then they'll print on demand. So anytime somebody buys one, they print it that day and then they send it out to you within the next couple of days. So it's not like I had to find a publisher and run through the whole process of finding someone who's going to print 10,000 copies and then be convinced that people are going to buy 10,000 copies. I can print one at a time. And just when you're paying for the book, you're paying for the printing costs. Yeah, that's that's great. And that's a, that's a great idea for any teacher. And even if your students were make some sort of an interesting book for your school, that would be a, a neat Absolutely. opportunity for that, too. So tell us about some of these some of these tricks that we're supposed to nix. Um, 
so there's a we're lot trying to get rid of things that are cutting out concept development. So there are plenty of mnemonic devices that are helpful for students remembering a new definition. But something like FOIL, when you're using that, you don't have to do the first and then the outside and then the inside and then the last. And it also doesn't tell students where that's coming from. Like, why am I multiplying these pairs? Well, it turns out you're multiplying all the pairs because you need to use the distributive property. Yes. But as soon as they've heard that phrase FOIL, they've lost that. And it doesn't work when you get to high school and you're trying to multiply a binomial times a trinomial or two trinomials together, which if you use a nicer method like the distributive property, it's a pretty easy jump from two binomials to a binomial times a trinomial. But if you are using a trick, then it's really, it's short-sighted. You know, it gets them through that one day, but it doesn't really help them in the long run. And, and, and really, I mean, that's what a teacher is really supposed to be doing, teaching kids not just for today, but for this long term. This is a marathon. And, and right, which is hard to do because we don't all have time to study every standard K through 12. I don't know everything that they were supposed to have seen before or all the methods that teachers use in elementary and middle school. And certainly the elementary school teachers don't have time to study high school standards. So I think that this book helps because it tells people a little bit about where things are going and why certain methods are more useful because they apply throughout high school and beyond. Okay, so so an elementary teacher that is saying, I don't, I have no idea what you're talking about, binomials and trinomials, which right, you know, that's okay. <laughs> but an elementary teacher, you know, the very first one in your book is adding a zero. Yeah, and so that when we're multiplying, we're not adding zero. You know, if we're multiplying by ten, we are moving all the digits into the next place. You could say that. You could talk about what a pattern is. Oh, I noticed that every time I multiply by 10, it seems to end in a zero, but I'm not adding a zero to that. And so using that language, be really precise. That's one of the new, if you're in a common core standards state, attend to precision is one of our math practice standards that we're trying to work towards. And so using that precise language of not saying that you're adding, but that you're multiplying by 10 ends up with a zero in the ones place. And I would bet that most elementary teachers, you know, listening to this podcast, I bet I would bet most elementary teachers in general just say, well, look, you just add a zero. And, and it really has right. nothing to do with adding. And you're just kind of reinforcing a, a bad habit. Right. And so it's hard when those words mean different things and students are thinking add zero means plus zero. And so when they're learning that language, it's hard to have things have multiple meanings. And 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 so as, as I'm because I'm a math teacher, I, I can completely understand this. And, and, and I can think of, so if you have a, a student then trying to multiply, you know, 2.5 times 10. Exactly. Adding a zero is, is the wrong way. The opposite of what you want to do, right? <laughs> so you, you've almost like shoot yourself in the foot by teaching them one trick, and then you have to explain it some different way later on. Right. And where is something that could have applied all the way through and I don't need to relearn it, you lose those connections. And so math seems to feel like a lot of disconnected different ideas where we'd like it to feel like one continuous process of building. I would think that, you know, for a, an elementary teacher to, to look through this and there are definitely some topics here, you know, there's a lot of things that have to do with fractions. Um, yes. Fractions are... Fractions are something that I know you get to high school and it's like they still don't understand fractions. It turns out fractions are really hard. I, like they're a whole different way of thinking. They are. And so I think that we try and push kids through them too quickly and they don't really ever get that 
basis of understanding that fractions are multiplicative. Like it's not about adding and everything else has always been about adding. And there's so many different things you can do with fractions. Each one requires slightly different steps. But when we teach a trick, you know, it, and what we think might be helping those kids, in fact, doesn't help build them and prepare them for what's going to be built on top of that language. Right. Because when we, just like when we go from integers to decimals, we're also going from fractions with numbers to fractions with expressions. And we're putting variables in there and you can't just do the butterfly and have it work when there are expressions in there. Right, right. So, so I can imagine, you know, for an elementary school teacher, um, finding, finding this book, uh, downloading it. Uh, of course, we'll have the links after, after the podcast listed here for you. Um, to, to find that, but it's at nixthetricks.com. Um, but I would think that that just an elementary teacher looking through, and, and, and even if there's something that an elementary teacher or even a middle school teacher doesn't understand because it's maybe a little above their complexity level, but you did a good job of, I, I will say that, you did a good job of making it pretty understandable. Trying. <laughs> but, um, but I'm a math teacher, so I, I can understand it. Right. <laughs> but Ask, you know, and, and I think this is also, too, what, what a lot of schools need to do is to, to have that conversation between grade levels, between schools. Um, sometimes it's not so easy because maybe your schools are in different parts of the city or you have multiple schools that feed a, a middle school or a high school. And it can be complicated to try to try to share some of that information back down to help build back up. Yeah, so part of the great thing is that this book came from a collaboration with the whole online math community. And so if you don't have a lot of accessible math coaches or the high school or middle school teachers aren't easy for you to access, um, we have elementary, middle school, and high school teachers in the online community. And so if you check out the website, there's a link to like, thank you to everybody who contributed um, to some information about our community if you're interested in joining into a online conversation about some of these tricks and how to replace them with better understanding. Yeah, and that's great. Uh, so, so there's a lot of people out there willing to help. If, if, uh, if, you're, if you're trying to figure out good ways to help your kids to understand and learn, but without just using a trick, um, there's, there's people willing to help. You're on Twitter. Yes. Um, and it looks like a lot of the other people that you, uh, that you like you said, that you collaborated with are uh, yeah. Well, that way as well. So. Yep. And also on blogs, which are a little slower paced, which is better for some people. <laughs> yep. So, but they can be a little more in depth too. Well, uh, yes. Tina, uh, definitely uh, thank you for sharing what you're doing. And it's great. And I think it can be helpful to a lot of teachers. You can have a second edition soon. Yes, I'm working on it. I'm doing that National Novel Writing Month. It's not a novel, but <laughs> it's still motivating. <laughs> NaNoWriMo. Right. That's great. Which is another great idea for, uh, you can even say, hey, kids, so how many words do you have to write per day? It's a great math problem, yeah. too. So look for, there will be a second edition soon. And, um, and of course, contact, uh, contact you if, you're, if they're interested in any of the things or if they've got an idea of a, of a trick. Absolutely. There's a submission form on the website. If I'm missing anything, <laughs> go ahead and throw it on there. All right. Love to hear more ideas. All right. Well, Tina, thanks a lot for joining us. And as always, it's the STEM Everyday Podcast. And hope you'll tune in again next time. Thanks. You're listening to this podcast on the SDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit RemarkableChatter.com.